0: I want to read the Psalm 144, Psalm 144 today. First Lieutenant Stephen Pierce said that on the eve of a terrible battle, one in which he was wounded, he claimed a passage of scripture and he read it to his servicemen. It was this psalm known as what we would refer to this morning as the Soldier's Psalm. It carried a special meaning after Stephen Pierce and his experience on the battlefield. This psalm has encouraged many servicemen and women throughout the history of the United States Armed Forces, so it's had quite a history. We might call it a a royal psalm, a psalm that is the prayer of a king. Both of the two parts we could there are basically two parts to this psalm that uh, that we could break it into, and both of them contain sections of praise, but then they also both of them contain petitions for God, and boy, we can sure identify with that, because often we find ourselves in praise and thanksgiving to God for whatever, but we always have a list as well of uh, petitions and things that we're asking of God, so we can identify with it. The Soldier's Psalm, if you wish to stand, I would welcome you to do so as we read this psalm. Blessed be the Lord, my strength, which teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight, my goodness and my fortress, my high tower and my deliverer, my shield and he in whom I trust, who subdueth my people under me. Lord, what is man that thou takest knowledge of him, or the son of man that thou makest account of him? Man is like to vanity, his days are as a shadow that passeth away. Bow thy heavens, O Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains, and they shall smoke. Cast forth lightning, and scatter them. Shoot out thine arrows, and destroy them. Send thine hand from above, rid me, and deliver me out of great waters. From the hand of strange children whose mouth speaketh vanity, and their right hand is a right hand of falsehood. I will sing a new song unto thee, O God, upon a psaltery and an instrument of ten strings will I sing praises unto thee. It is he that giveth salvation unto kings, who delivereth David his servant from the hurtful sword. Rid me and deliver me from the hand of strange children, whose mouth speaketh vanity, and their right hand is a right hand of falsehood. That our sons may be as plants grown up in their youth, that our daughters may be as cornerstones polished after the similitude of a palace, that our garners may be full, affording all manner of store, that our sheep may bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our street, which incidentally, Uh, reminded as I read that, that Australia is the land of sheep. Uh, You read of Australia that we studied in Vacation Bible School and sheep aplenty in Australia. But here he talks about it. Our sheep may bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our streets, that our oxen may be strong to labor, that there be no breaking in nor going out, that there be no complaining in our streets, Happy is that people that is in such a case. Yea, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. Father, we again commit this service to you, this sacred time around your word on the eve of our Independence Day. May our minds be turned to you. May our thoughts be heavenward. May we be well equipped to face the world in which we live, by the faithfulness of your word speaking truth into our hearts and minds, and we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I would break this psalm into uh, several divisions, uh, four of them in particular. I want to talk about, first of all, the basis of life, the basis of life. The first two verses point out to us uh, this truth of how the Lord is to be blessed because of He's our basis of life. He's our strength. And on the psalmist goes. He speaks of that strength from the Lord. We might say that He is our rock. On occasion we have uh, the passing of a loved one in someone's family and so often we hear the term something to this effect We're not sure how we're going to make it because he was the rock or she was the rock of our family. And we just don't know what it's going to be like from this point forward because the one who seemed to be able to be the most stable and to keep peace and all of that has suddenly left us. Well, God is so much more than that, but he indeed is that. He is our rock. He is the one who brings stability to our life and to our home and to our every effort. The basis of life is wrapped up in him. He's our strength. He's our rock. The Bible refers to God as our rock. When I'm overwhelmed, it tells us in Psalm 61, uh, and, uh, that, that to lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And how often we have felt drawn that way. Lord, I'm facing an issue that is overwhelming. It kind of knocks the props out from under me. I'm not sure where I'm going to go from here. But I'm clinging, I'm clinging to you. And I'm holding on to the rock that is higher than I. That you will keep me steady in the midst of all of this. Jesus ended his sermon on the mount by describing two men. Both saved their money, they both bought property. I'll read into this just a little bit Uh, because we have the man who built his home upon the bedrock and the one who built his home upon the sand. So they saved their money, they acquired the property, whatever it took for them to be able to build their home according to the story that Jesus told, hired the carpenters, built their dream homes, one of them on the rock, one on the sand. But a storm broke one night. A tremendous storm came in their way. Both of these men would go to bed uh, in their respective homes comfortably, thinking that it would be another decent night, feeling safe and secure. But all at once, the storm arose. The house on the rock stood firm, as we remember the story that we've read, we've heard spoken of, we've sung about The house on the rock stood firm, but the house on the sand collapsed. Jesus said it represented two types of people, two types of individuals. He said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. He's talking about taking advantage of the bedrock, the solid rock. If you hear these sayings, do what I'm saying, do what I'm telling you. Why, I liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, the same truths, the same faithfulness of God, but doesn't heed it, doesn't respond to it, doesn't obey it. Christ likened them to the one who builds their house upon the sand. Their efforts are going to not stand the test of time. They're not going to be there. They're not going to be stable when the storm comes. They're like the foolish man who built his house upon the sand. I read of an actor who once said, I have all this money. I have all these fancy cars. I have beautiful girls. But he said, it doesn't make me happy. Boy, could that ever be repeated time and time and time again. Everything at his fingertips plenty of money to go around and all of the attention it seemed that would surely make a person happy but he was not he needed the sure foundation didn't he he needed to go back to the basis of life back to the christ who could give stability in his life it's christ alone who is the basis of life and happiness he's the rock of ages he's the sure foundation he calls he calls us to be his disciples and to build our life, to build upon the foundation of him and him alone. In a Gideon publication, a United States soldier by the name of Joe Paduano tells of being shot down over Vietnam in 1972. Expecting to be captured by the enemy, the story says that that he took his gun, his weapon, and pointed it to his head and was tempted to take his life rather than be taken captive. But just then he heard the sounds of approaching helicopters. An American chopper suddenly appeared and lowered the ladder to him. And Joe said, when I was pulled in, I threw my arms around the nearest soldier. And he said, man, you just saved my life. That soldier looked at him and he said, no. He said, ultimately, it's Christ who saves lives. It's Jesus who saves lives. And he took a Bible, a New Testament that he had with him, and gave it to Joe. And Joe read that and he experienced the forgiving grace of God in his life. And how Jesus died to give him eternal life. And that he alone is the basis for salvation. And Joe made a decision to go with Christ. To go with God in that moment of crisis. He was pointed to the one who truly is the sure foundation for life. We need Jesus who alone is the basis of life. The second thing this psalm I believe would point us to is the brevity of life the brevity of life. Verses 3 and 4, I believe, would point this out to us as he talks about what is man that, that you have knowledge of him, the son of man that you make account of him. Man is like to vanity. His days are as a shadow that passeth away. The brevity of life. The psalmist points out two pictures concerning the brevity of life. A sign and a shadow. There's a story having to do with King Xerxes who once reigned over the ancient land of Persia. At the height of his rule, he staged a review of his army. Those moments when they pull out all of the equipment and shine it up and get everything in tip-top shape and with well-trained army individuals, they perform and they do the review in front of the the grandstand and show off their military might and the beauty of their weaponry. For hours, King Xerxes watched the soldiers march by. His general noticed signs of sadness on the king's face, and he finally reminded him that these men had, ca- had conquered the world for him. Why would you have sadness? Why would you not be delighted today? The king acknowledged that yes, they had done these things, but as he's sitting there looking at them, he is thinking that hundreds of years from now, none of these men will be alive. They'll all be gone. Hundreds of years from now, they'll be gone. And it reminds us that no army can stand the test of time, can it, for the ensuing power of time, the enemy of time, and the enemy of death. But Jesus said, as we learned in Vacation Bible School, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. King Xerxes was disappointed because there was going to come a time that they all would pass away and his power would be diminished. But through Christ, we have this blessed hope that it'll never be diminished. It will always be through Christ. For the soldiers deployed overseas, there's probably hardly a day passes but what they don't think of home. They yearn for home. They're thinking of what life is like back home and desire to be there. They're willing to serve, but they're eager for their deployment to end. For the day when they get their paperwork that says they are now free to go home. That's the way it is for Christians. God has placed us here for a brief deployment. This world's not our home. We're here but for a a passing moment. We're here for just a little while. We're happy to be here. We're diligent. We're doing our best to be diligent while we're here. We must be about our Father's business. There's a message to tell. There's hope to be given out to individual after individual. Somebody said to me the other day, actually it was this morning, Early on the phone, someone called me and said, boy, you sure live up to the name of your church, don't you? God's Missionary Church. They said, here you are out out trying to give people a chance to find Christ, running the buses and making it possible for people to get to church, keeping the doors open. You're living up to your name. I said, well, we're sure trying. There's a mission for us to accomplish. There's a job for us to do, to find people And uh, to help them come to know Christ as Savior. Get them equipped and prepared and discipled. Then to go forth and be deployed in the work of God. As our mission statement of our church talks about. It is just so very important. We're we're happy to be here. But it's just a brief deployment. We don't have much time. Death has a way of overtaking each of us. That soon it will be our time to move on. And for others... To take our place. So let's be alert to the brevity of life. The brevity of life. Be faithfully serving where Christ has placed us. There's the basis of life. The brevity of life. We need to talk about the battles of life. There are the battles of life. And the psalmist got into that here in this 144th division of the Psalms. I believe verse 5 Six, seven, and eight. Four verses here would point out the battle that happens. He talks about the Lord bowing the heavens, coming down, touching the mountains, casting forth lightning, scattering them, shooting the arrows, destroying them. On the battle goes. This refrain deals with the battles of life. Sometimes life is pretty hard, isn't it? Sometimes it's quite challenging to us. It gets harder It seems all the time as we get older, and things just don't quite go like they used to. There are good aspects of each category, and there are difficult aspects of each category of life. But you know, none of us could make it without the Lord. I certainly couldn't make it without the Lord. We're in a battle. We're in a battle, and our hope, our dependence must be in Him. He's the king of battles, He's the conqueror in battles. He rules and reigns, and He's here to give us victory. And so we can be pointed, I want to point you to a few verses, to read a few verses to you this morning that I I hope would be a great inspiration, a great comfort and strength to you today from various passages that if you know Jesus as Savior, you can claim these verses. Amen. You can claim them. We can start in the Old Testament, and we can think about David to Israel. They're facing Goliath. And David reminded them, hey guys, the battle's not yours. It's the Lord's. The battle's not yours, it's God's. We're in a battle, but we can trust God. It's His, and He'll enable us. He'll bring the victory that comes through our Lord Jesus Christ. Over in the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 6, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Today, you're on the verge of battle. But as we read in Deuteronomy chapter 20, let not your hearts faint, fear not, and do not tremble, neither be terrified because of them. For the Lord your God, He it is, that goes before you to fight for you against your enemies, to save you, Back to the Old Testament, Second Chronicles chapter 20. Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. Ye shall not need to fight, for the battle is not yours. Set yourselves, stand ye still, see the salvation of the Lord with you. Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 22. Ye shall not fear them, for the Lord your God shall fight for you. Every now and then we get in a scenario, we get in a setting that it's like, Lord, I need some kind of assurance right about now. This looks overwhelming. This doesn't look like a battle I can win. And so we look to God's word and God speaks to our heart, speaks truth to our heart and says, look, if you'll let go of the controls, if you'll leave this up to me, I'll fight your battle for you. I'll see you through this circumstance. That's what he would tell us through his word today. Don't fear them, for the Lord your God shall fight for you. Exodus 15 and verse 3. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Second Chronicles 32 and 8. With him, our enemy, is an arm of flesh. But with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. His is not an arm of flesh. He's the Almighty One. Amen. He's able to fight our battles for us. Then we read in Psalm 24 and verse 8, Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. How oft we've had to take that verse and stand on it and trust and believe God to see us through. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, It says that uh, this victory, this is the victory that has overcome the world, even your faith. Praise God. We can have faith and confidence and trust in Him that He will win the battle. We are in a battle. We have to trust Him to win it. And this favorite from Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 6, it says, Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit saith the Lord. Amen. We're in a battle. Let's learn the scriptures. Let's utilize the scriptures in the heat of the battle, releasing it over to God to win the victory for us, to lead the way, and we follow as he leads. Praise his name. So if you're fighting in some battles today, turn to Jesus, who alone gives victory. And finally, we have the basis of life, and we have the brevity of life, the battles of life, but guess what? The psalmist ends up with what I believe are the blessings of life. The blessings of life. From verse 9 to the end of this division of the psalms, verse 15, the psalmist ends with a description of God's blessings on us over our enemies, whether it's with our families whether it's with our businesses, whatever business you might be involved in, in your life, your own life, happy is the people whose God is the Lord. Amen. Happy are the individuals who in the midst of all of the issues of life that you're facing, you've given it over to Him and you're blessed that God is in control It's a blessing to have God in control. Happy is that people whose God is the Lord. Do you have a happiness the world didn't give you? Do you have a happiness in your life this morning that the world can't take away? If you do, you're blessed. You're abundantly blessed. I'm blessed this morning. I didn't find that happiness in this world. I found it in Jesus He's the basis of happiness. Whoever you are this morning, it applies to you. It doesn't matter how rich or poor, how successful or not successful you've been in life. You need the basis of Jesus Christ. Amen. He's with us through the basis of life, through the brevity of life, through the battles of life, to bring the blessings of life into our very being. That kind of happiness comes through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Bible teaches that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But God, loving us as He does, praise His name, became the perfect, sinless Son of God who died on the cross, taking our sin, mine and yours, on Himself. He didn't have to. It's a miracle that He did it, but thank God for the miracle of redemption that he took our sins on himself and bore it all to Calvary, that we could enjoy the blessing of the forgiveness of sins, a right relationship with Jesus Christ. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What a blessing that is to experience. What a blessing it was during World War II, a Marine named James Coulson was scheduled to sail from San Diego aboard the USS President Adams. Someone handed him a New Testament, and he just took it and he stuffed it in his gear. One day in the South Pacific, he remembered that New Testament. He opened up his combat gear for rations, and he saw that Bible. He began reading that New Testament And soon he read these words, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And he took those words to heart. And he confessed his sins to Jesus. And he confessed with his mouth and he believed in his heart. And he experienced the forgiveness of sins. It was shortly thereafter at Guadalcanal, the the Japanese began a three day siege of round the clock shelling and James had dug a, a foxhole down under a tree somewhere and suddenly he detected a missile coming his way and he thought, oh no, this is the end. And he had a buddy in a foxhole next to him and he said, hey, I'm confessing Jesus I'm making sure that everything's all right cuz it appears as though we're about to meet our doom. But it it landed but it never exploded. It come down but it, it never went off. And they're just kind of looking at each other in amazement, just total amazement that they were they were delivered even though they thought they were facing absolute destruction and and uh, their life to be ended. As Christians, they knew it would not be the end for them, but God spared their lives. They went on to serve Jesus. From that day on, He was a changed man. Today, you can be changed as well. For if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you too can be saved. And when you do this, you become an heir of all the blessings of God. Hallelujah. I can't explain it. We're certainly not worthy of it. But that's His plan. That's His plan. That's His purpose. That's His provision for us today. You too can have that experience. Happy are the people in such a state. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Thank Him that He is the basis for living For life is brief, it's full of battles, but blessings abound everywhere, don't they? Blessings abound, such abundance of blessings. And I would ask you this morning, if you've placed your trust in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. If not, this would be a beautiful time, a wonderful time, this beautiful Lord's Day morning, to believe in your heart, to confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and to experience His forgiving grace in your life. Have you placed your trust, your full confidence in Christ Jesus, the Savior and Lord? If not, I invite you to do so today. I'd like us to stand together, turn in our hymnals to number, hymn number 334. Number 334 in our hymnals. This is a song of invitation, an opportunity for you to obey the Lord, to trust Him. Only trust Him. Simply trust Him. He alone can bring the victory that we've spoken of this morning. The assurance that when life is seemingly about to be snuffed out, or the battles of life are so great you hardly know which way to turn. That there's one to whom we can turn. We can trust Jesus. And he will see us through. Let's sing it. Let's respond. If he's speaking to your heart today. From experience, there was a moment you trusted him God gave you the faith he spoke truth into your life and you said that's for me you trusted him and he did exactly what he said he would do as this song talks about he saved you that moment hallelujah and what a myriad of people have experienced not only in this room, but throughout the lifetimes of humanity, you can experience this morning. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I urge you to come to that place somehow, some way, right now, this morning, to simply trust Him and He will save you now. Let's sing that last verse. If you want to pray, why don't you come? such a meaningful experience for all who have had it. So satisfying, so fulfilling to trust Jesus and have him meet your need. Praise the Lord. I appreciate your kind attention.
1: I wonder, Brother Leonard, Rob, would you offer prayer and dismissal from the service today?